Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. He was a perfect gentleman on our dates and he seemed mature. He was like the opposite of what my ex-husband was like and everything that I seem to be looking for in a person. And I was kind of head over heels like, wow, I waited a year. I did everything I was supposed to do. And this guy just fell into my lap. That's how I felt. I felt like he was perfect. After her six-year marriage ended, Linda Frazier of Las Vegas gave herself time to recover. She took care of herself by eating well, exercising, and talking to a therapist. She went on short trips with her friends. She bought a new house that suited her new lifestyle. At age 40, she was optimistic about moving forward in her life and dating. I felt ready. I I felt like I did all the work I needed to, and I, I felt ready to jump back in. Linda often socialized with her friends, meeting them for dinner or drinks at a local restaurant. That's where she was on September 24th, 2021. So we were all out on the patio enjoying the night, and me and this gentleman locked eyes a few times. Linda and the man first noticed each other when she was having dinner inside the restaurant, and then again when she was outside on the patio. He was good-looking, with a pleasant smile, brown eyes, a shaved head, and an obviously fit physique. Linda herself was an attractive brunette who worked out regularly. She liked what she saw. It turned out that the man provided security for the restaurant owner, so he circulated among the patrons. So he was making his rounds most of the night, talking to everyone there, and then, you know, approached me and introduced himself and asked for my number and said he would love to take me out. The man introduced himself as Giovanni Malozzi. He said his friends called him Gio or Gino. Linda asked, how about if I call you G? He was fine with that. He was very charismatic in that he came over to me and it was just very organic in how he asked me out and showed interest um, because I wasn't very much into the online dating and it was more like no BS. It was just very like, I'm interested. If you want to go out, let's exchange numbers and meet up. Um, so it was just very straightforward. Linda liked the man's direct approach. When she got up to leave at the end of the evening, G walked her to her car and kissed her on the cheek. He called me that night after he left for his sh- from his shift to go home. Um, and then he called me the very next morning. I think it was a Sunday. 
And I noticed he called me a couple of times and asked me a lot of serious relationship questions because he stated he didn't want to waste either one of our times if we didn't have things, if we weren't on the same page. What kind of questions did G ask Linda? He asked me if I wanted to get married because um, he was divorced and he was looking to get married again. He asked me what political orientation I was in because he's very hard Republican. And he said that a lot of couples fight over political orientation and he didn't want that kind of relationship. He asked me if I wanted kids because he definitely didn't want any kids. Um, Let's see what else. How long I was planning on staying in Vegas, if I'd be willing to move. Um, If I ever wanted um, to live with someone because he felt that being in a relationship for too long while people live separately doesn't usually work. Um, Do I want to be in a commitment? Do I want to date other people? Am I on dating websites? G asked these questions and more. What did she do for a living? What caused her divorce? All in the first telephone call. But he wasn't finished. He talked for like an hour that Sunday morning, and then he called me like not too long after it and had more questions. And this was all the day after I met him. G was coming on strong. So how did Linda feel about that? Well, I didn't think anything too much of it um, because I thought he was serious. He's 10 years older than me. He's divorced. I was divorced. I was single for a year waiting to get back into the dating game. And I was like, oh, well, maybe he's asking these because he's serious about a relationship and he wants to make sure he's not wasting our time, which made sense to me. I liked that he was a little persistent because it showed me he was interested and I already had some experiences with online dating to where you'd go on a two-hour date with someone not hear from them, you know, and they didn't seem serious and they were on many sites. So I rationalized it into that he was serious in dating me. Um, He's older, he's already been around the block and um, I I didn't see anything wrong with it at the time. Linda and G met on a Saturday, talked on a Sunday, and began dating on Monday. So we went out on a date that Monday and Tuesday, and then the second date he asked me to be exclusive. Linda was happy. In fact, she was head over heels. G was mature and a perfect gentleman. He was well-groomed, and wore a gold Rolex. He showered her with attention. Linda felt like, after her divorce and taking time for herself, she had found exactly what she was looking for. She was thrilled. But then, three days after agreeing to be exclusive with G, Linda heard a report that threatened to throw a wet blanket on her excitement. It was karaoke night at the restaurant, and G invited Linda to attend. She did with a couple of friends. And then she ran into another friend, whom she hadn't seen for a while. Linda invited the woman to sit with her, 
and G came over and introduced himself. This woman went to me, wait, I, I recognize that name. Let me ask my friend because I think she dated him. And then when she was texting her at the table, that's when she said that um, he tried to move in with her very fast. He was seeing someone at that time. He had just moved out. And that's when all the red flags went up. Like he told me he hasn't been in a relationship in a year. And now this is two or three months later. The friend of Linda's friend said G had been living with another woman for a couple of weeks until he was kicked out. He was cheating with two other women and he tried to borrow money. This was not what Linda wanted to hear. So I stomped out of the restaurant and he knew I was upset, but he didn't know what I was upset about. And then when I confronted him, he used everything in the book about like making me feel that I was wrong. Um, you know, you're gonna listen to someone you don't even know. If you want the number to this girl's brother, I'm good friends with him, she's crazy. You can talk to him for yourself. Um, you don't even know these women. Why would you just believe anything they said? I treated you so well. I got you a table in the front so you can listen to the music. Um, it's the best table in the restaurant. You know, every card he can play. He said, I told you I need peace in my life. I don't need this. And he turned around and walked away from me saying, I don't need this drama. So instead of continuing to walk away, I still accepted those rationales and those statements from him. Linda decided to accept G's reasoning, but his outburst left her feeling confused. He turned everything around to make it sound like sensible and that I was crazy for thinking that. I'm Donna Anderson, and this is True Love Fraud Stories. Linda and G continued to date. Linda had feelings for him and thought they might have a future together, but she wanted to be sure he was legitimate. She paid for an online background check. It came back with no detrimental information. G, for his part, wasted no time in declaring his intentions. After their second date, which was dinner at a nearby restaurant, Linda invited him for drinks on her patio. And that's when I noticed he was already like planning how to, what he would do to the backyard if he lived there and already making comments about things like decor wise and adding a hot tub. And I know a guy that does them. And As they continued to see each other, G talked about moving in together from time to time, but then said that he wasn't sure. He seemed to be in and out. He would say one minute that he wanted to move in and that we should move in after the holidays. And then he would revert back to, well, I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure that's a good idea because what if you kick me out? Because it's your house and then I don't have anywhere to go. So G said he'd keep paying the rent on his place. Then Linda found out that someone had given him rental property information. I saw the paperwork and I said, well, why are you looking at places to rent if you're, you want to move in with me? So he kept going back and forth. And I, I 
to to this day, I think he was playing a little bit of a mind game with me. Then, after about a month of dating, Linda learned more shocking information. Giovanni Melozzi wasn't really Giovanni Melozzi. His legal name was Carlo John Melozzi. Linda saw it on his driver's license. Then, Linda found a document on a desktop computer that he'd given her to use. It also identified him as Carlo John Melozzi and said he was originally from Colombia. Now Linda really had questions. And I said to him one night, you never told me you were Colombian. And I said, you're from Colombia? I thought you were from Boston. And then he got really upset with me. He said I was snooping. And I said, well, no, it was on the computer and I was using it. Well, he's like, well, I was going to tell you when I was ready. And I'm like, well, if you're moving in with me, why can't you tell me before that? So I know exactly who you are. G had a story. He told Linda that his whole family in Colombia was killed, and he didn't know how. Then he was adopted by a family in Boston. The experience left him traumatized, and Linda's questions triggered him. She was a snoop. Now Linda was upset. She felt judged, and she knew G was trying to make her feel ashamed. But she pressed her case. I'm like, this is a big part of you I don't know, and I think I have every right to know that. But I was also very upset that he was upset, and he actually wanted to, like, go home that night. He wanted to leave and go home, and I was very apologetic. Eventually, G revealed terrible stories of being abused as a child. He said he and his brother were adopted at the same time, but his brother was from Italy, whereas he was from Colombia. G said his adoptive mother was angry and disappointed that he was not Italian and took it out on him. The mother would beat him with hangers, um, isolate him in his room, talk about him in front of him with her friends, pimp him out to her friends, um, while the other boy got special treatment. Linda was horrified. But sometimes she had the sense that G told stories about his abusive childhood just so that she would feel sorry for him, or even feel guilty. They had a crappy life, and there were times where he made me feel like I was entitled because those things didn't happen to me. G also talked about his crappy divorce and how it left him with financial problems. He hoped, since they might have a future together, that Linda could help him out. He told me that his ex-wife took him for everything um, and his credit is really bad. And if I can help him build his credit by adding his name to one of my credit cards. And this particular credit card was issued with Costco. So he said, you know, I wouldn't put anything else on there except things like we buy together or gas, like nothing really expensive. He wouldn't use it for personal pleasure, right? So I did that. I added him to my card. So he was a joint account holder. G started using Linda's credit card. Then he had another request. It was a big one. He said that 
he really wanted a Corvette. And he gave me a whole sob story about his upbringing and that he was adopted. And he said, you know, I feel like I never got what I wanted. And um, I would love if you and I had something together. Gene wanted his brand new Corvette and said he needed $20,000 just to get on the waiting list to buy it. In fact, he badgered Linda for the money every day. Like a kid that wants something in the candy store, like I want it, I want it, I want it, and then nonstop obsession over looking at websites and calling dealerships around the country going out and looking at the local dealerships. And this was like a wait list car, so it's not like something you go buy right away. G kept it up. He promised Linda that she'd get her money back. He'd put her name on the title of his Jeep. If necessary, he'd sell his Rolex. She finally caved. I said, you know, I can help you with the loan, um, but like, I expect you to pay me back. They said, of course, you know, I will put your name on the car and you have my word and da da da. So I wrote him out a cashier's check for 20000 and then he deposited it into his banking account. Even though G hadn't yet bought the sports car, he wasn't even on a waiting list. He made another extravagant purchase, wheel rims for the Corvette. He wanted these expensive wheels for a car that, you know, he didn't even have, right? <laughs> and he found a company to order them from, and he went into one of my other rooms and closed the door, because I think I was on another call. And when I looked at my statement that month for my card, he put the rims on my credit card. And it was like a $5,400 charge. And I didn't say anything, but I'm like, here he told me he was only going to use it for like food and things like we bought together for the house, you know, like everyday living stuff. And yet I didn't give him any permission. He didn't ask me. He just did it. By mid-December 2021, Linda and G decided they'd make their relationship official and he would move in on January 1st. G immediately wanted to make changes to Linda's house. He didn't like my furniture. He didn't like my setup in my living room. So he, he didn't like all the sizes of my TVs. So he wanted a new living room set, a new TV in the living room, a new TV in the bedroom, and then a new patio set because he was enforcing like, this is gonna be our home. So we both have to be comfortable here. Linda spent almost $15,000 on new furniture and televisions. Yeah, I put it all on my card and that was the first month we really lived together and he was giving me the half, like whatever half he owed me. And that covered, all of those things, it was all purchased around the same time. And then after that, he was getting very defensive. Like, how is this costing this much? Where is this money going? You know, questioning me a lot and getting defensive. But soon, G was charging even more. I noticed he started putting all his personal things on there. 
um, and he was very into grooming. So like he gets waxed, he has a lady that does facials, he was getting his sneakers cleaned by a professional sneaker company. Um, he, he buys all these expensive supplements. He has three storage units, his car insurance, all this stuff was starting to show up on my credit card. So when I, when I approached him about it, he said to me, you don't give someone a credit card and then tell them that they're limited on what they can buy with it. He said, when you come in the restaurant, I don't tell you, you can only order certain things off the menu. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then I noticed, like, as we were living together, the, the, the money, the payments were coming in less and less. And I'm like, look, you spent this much this month and you only gave me this. And then he said, well, let me see the statement. I couldn't have spent that much. I said, look, I mean, look how much you spent on just getting your sneakers cleaned. Is that necessary? And then it was always like I was the bad guy. In the meantime, Linda's friends were becoming suspicious about her beau. They had questions for G. They came over one day to have lunch and they wanted to meet him. And they asked very straight questions because they knew what information they wanted to get out of him. And when he told them the whole adoption story, they called bullshit because you know exactly what you get when you're adopting a child. And how did they not know you weren't from Italy? They adopted you from Colombia. <laughs> so, um, I, I know I heard this too, that he had a sister at one point that was murdered with the mom and dad, and then it changed to a brother. And I asked my sister, I said, you remember when you first met him, didn't he say it was a sister? And she said, yes. And then I think his story changed a couple months later, and he'd always say I had a brother. G was telling more stories that didn't seem to add up. Well, when I met him, he did executive protection for private clients. So he was protecting the restaurant owner and then Kanye West and like several other high profile people in California. And before that, he told me he was a cop, but he retired because it was dangerous. Um, and then he told, uh, he told other people that he was a UFC MMA fighter. Um, he worked in the military, armed forces. So his stories have changed over time. When G talked about being part of the UFC, the ultimate fighting championship, Linda didn't take it seriously. I asked a lot about his workouts and he said, yeah, I used to train um, up at the UFC gym and, you know, be a, I think he said he was a part of it. I, you know, I kind of just looked at it and brushed it off because I'm like, I know a lot about the UFC because, you know, it's very heavy here in Vegas and the people that own it <laughs> are very prominent in this town. I'm like, there's no way he was a UFC fighter. Maybe he just trains because there are training facilities around Vegas. I, so I thought that's what he meant. Was that realistic? Could G really be a UFC fighter? Linda says no. 
he's too old to be in the UFC fighting. It would be like him trying to play football in the NFL. G promised to take Linda to San Diego for her birthday. He said he'd pay for everything. But Linda was getting suspicious. And I didn't like the whole credit card spending. I canceled it and I took them off and I made up a story on the why. And he goes, so we're not going to have a credit card to use in San Diego? I'm like, nope. Linda used her points to pay for the flight and hotel room. G promised to pay her back, but he never did. He also didn't pay the full amount that he owed on the credit card. Even worse, G's behavior changed. He was no longer the thoughtful, charming gentleman that Linda first met. Now he came home from work late at night and yelled at her. He would leave the house for work some nights and be the, the nice, caring guy that, you know, I thought he was. And then when he would come home, it could be out of the blue, angry, um, dismissive of me, yelling, carrying on, like throwing a ten- temper tantrum over something very unimportant like not having the lights on because I was in bed. Um, Accidentally locking the garage door because he couldn't remember the keypad to get into the front door. And I always locked it because it gets windy here and it would just blow open some nights. It was really windy. Um, Even though he didn't have to wait outside long because I was up, all he had to do was tell me, hey, the door's locked. And he went off like, like nothing I've ever seen over a door being locked. Linda was shocked, but G was just getting started. That's when he would threaten me, like, I think it's time I move out. And that's when I would try to have discussions with him, like, you left this house totally fine, you come home from work, and like, you just start going off by little things, and now you want to move out. Like, it's so extreme. And I would try to have conversations with him. Then once everything would die down the next day, he would say, you can't listen to me when I'm mad because I say off the wall things. You just have to wait till I calm down. I said, but you're disruptive. You come home, you disrupt me in my sleep. You get me upset, then I can't go to sleep and you go to sleep, get a good night's sleep. And then I'm stuck with all the aftermath. So he acted like he wanted to work everything out and he would retract like, oh, okay, I don't want to move out now. But then in March, when I said I want my money back, that's when he said it's time for me to move out. When Linda asked for her money back, G told her that she willingly gave him the $20,000 for the Corvette and there was no paper trail. By now, Linda knew her entire relationship was a hoax. She had run another background check using the correct name, Carlo John Melosi. The results were far different. This man had a lot of history, and she was already talking to Carlo Melosi's most recent ex-fiancee. I found out all the, the, the real dirt, including the information about the Rolex watch that he was wearing, and I was so disgusted I couldn't wait till he got out of my house. A lot of my friends were telling me little by little, 
red flags that they were noticing. And then with his his temper changes, I think I really start investigating him in February and then heavy in March. And when I found like an old envelope with this Rolex appraisal, I looked into the address because I noticed on his background check that there were a lot of addresses. In the new background check, Carlo John Malozzi's name was associated with 42 addresses in 10 states. But Linda started her investigation with the address she found on the envelope containing the appraisal for G's Rolex. She looked up the property owner. It was a woman. Linda reached out to her on Facebook. They connected. The woman had been engaged to G, and she is the person who bought the Rolex. She pretty much told me everything, and then I start investigating more and finding out. Um, I looked up his ex-wife because I had her name from the background check, and my brother-in-law talked to her on the phone. Um, then I start looking up more addresses and just finding out who owned or lived in those those homes. And that's how I found an ex-fiance from Texas that he dated immediately after he divorced his ex-wife. So it's kind of like just going through these addresses I found on the background check and seeing like who currently lived there and if it matched a profile to someone he would date. Because he usually went after women in their 50s and 60s um, and usually divorced or widowed. Um, so if they fit the profile, then I would reach out. Some women didn't respond to Linda's messages. In the end, she connected with G's ex-wife, two ex-fiancés, and three women that he dated. In the meantime, Linda started fearing for her safety. His behaviors were really crazy and violent, and I was going to my therapist that, you know, I, I was seeing a therapist for a while, off and on, and I went back to her when things were getting really bad, like, Probably late January, early February, his behaviors were getting to the point where I wasn't sleeping and I was getting stressed and um, feeling like I'm walking on eggshells and nervous when he would come home. And that's when she told me these are signs of domestic abuse. Linda sought a restraining order. Um, he's exhibited aggressive behaviors. He flips his switch very quickly and I didn't feel safe anymore. So I did file a restraining order against him, and then they served it to him while he was at work. And then he had to contact the police department to schedule a time to come with them to get his things out of my house. And that's what happened. So it was like on a weekend, and they gave him 20 minutes to get his personal belongings out. Linda was in her home when G came to get his things, supervised by two police officers. I said he is not allowed in any part of this house by himself, and they asked about firearms because he owns a bunch of firearms. They asked about those. And then I think one of the cops asked what he did for a living, and I told them, and he was just striking up small conversation, and he walked by and goes, don't listen to a word she says. 
Um, and that was it. He didn't say anything to me. He just was very focused on getting whatever he needed out. Um, and then on his way, he went. Carlo John Giovanni Melosi was gone. Linda came to realize that some of his stories were exaggerations, to put it mildly. Carlo was definitely adopted. Linda saw the adoption paperwork. His father married three times, and G spoke to his newest stepmom every week on the phone, putting her on speaker. But she doesn't believe the story that a previous adoptive mother pimped him out to her friends. The stories were for effect. I don't think they're true. I just think it's all a way to get people to feel sorry for him. Oh, poor me. I had this really traumatic, horrible childhood. And they that plays on people, especially people with empathy. And um, it, it gets, it persuades people to a point to just want to give to him to make up for that traumatic childhood experience that most of us didn't have. Because um, he would point out, you know, you had a normal childhood and I didn't. Um, so I feel like he says that to make people feel sorry for him. But Linda was still out $20,000. She wanted her money back, and so did another woman. Linda discovered her when a notification popped up on the computer that G had given her, alerting her to a new email. It was a moving quote addressed to G and the other woman. I was in shock. I was saying a lot of derogatory things, and I'm like, I have to contact this woman. Because I'm like, that's probably, I already had conclusions in my head that he already moved out of the city because I figured after this, you know, he's got to move out, uh, move on to another project. And I was just like, that's probably where he's getting his next feed from. You know, he's probably going to move there, move in with her and start this process all over again. Kind of in shell shock too, like, because I was still grieving the relationship, even though I knew who he was and what he was about by then. You're still like, how can this guy totally live another life behind my back? It was like the ultimate betrayal all over again. Linda reached out to the woman. G was actually in her home at that moment so she couldn't talk. But as soon as he was gone, they had a long conversation, several of them. We were comparing notes of the timelines and scenarios. And he was pretty much, you know, he met her online before he had met me. Um, and then he had broke it off for, I don't know, about two months and then resumed calling her again, trying to get her back. And that was already after he had moved in. And so we were just comparing all the notes and things he has told us and then figured out everything he was doing was, you know, lying and telling more stories about 
his whereabouts and what he was doing. It turned out that G was dating this other woman the entire time that he was dating Linda. He was dating at the same time as me and getting money from her and then continued that relationship after he moved out with me. But when I would question certain things, because my, my red flags were going up that he was seeing someone, he shot me down. Um, and come to find out, I was right. And then he was planning on a whole life with her because she was moving here. So this particular girl was out a lot of money as well. Linda and this other woman filed a joint civil suit against Carlo John Malozzi, alleging fraud, deceit, and financial exploitation. In their lawsuit, they alleged that he feigned a relationship to extract loans and money from both of them through misrepresentations regarding his employment, intentions, and loyalty. They claimed he owed them a total of more than $100,000. According to court documents, Carlo told both women that he had bad credit because his ex-wife had wiped him out. He wanted to buy a new 2023 Corvette and needed their help. He promised both women that their names would be on the title and that he would repay them by selling his Jeep and Rolex. And when both women asked for their money back, he ended the relationships. At first, Carlo ignored the lawsuit. He called once and my lawyer was not in the office, so then he just never called him back or responded to emails. Um, and then finally, I just ran into him purposefully at a coffee shop and I went in and then he approached me and said, let's settle this. Because at that point, I was posting things online to raise awareness about him and he did not like that. <laughs> and uh, he said, how are we going to settle this? I want to make sure I do right by you and trying to win me back. And then he got with his lawyer. We came up with a number we both agreed on, and then he paid me my check. Later, Carlo settled with the other woman as well. For Linda Frazier, her involvement with Carlo John Malozzi was a painful learning experience. She hopes that by hearing her true love fraud story, you will pay attention to the warning signs that she missed. She found out the hard way that background checks are not necessarily accurate or complete. If you're looking up the wrong name, they don't work at all. This happened to Linda. It also happened to another of Carlo's targets, who bought a background check that came back with no detrimental information. Background checks are not always safe either, because obviously we've all done these background checks and nothing came up on this person. So you can't always rely on those either. Anyone who is looking for romance, Linda says, needs to know that dangerous people live among us. I think looking back, and I was just talking to a friend that gave me your book years ago, like after I got out of my divorce, she gave me this, your book on love fraud. And I said, I wish I would have read it because then I would have noticed all of these things right away, but I kept discounting them and rationalizing it. Um, so I would, I would suggest to anyone 
before they date or if they are dating someone they're suspicious about to read more about the signs of narcissists or sociopaths um, and the fraudulent things they do, plus the behaviors. The behaviors are enough alone to deal with (laughs) and you don't want to get involved in. Um, And listen to your friends and family because they were all picking up on things immediately. And I was kind of discounting them too. Um, Because when you're in the relationship, you don't always see everything. You're just, they do things that make you happy. And then they discount, you know, you discount the things that are really red flaggy that you should be paying attention to. Um, and I would uh, obviously point out that if they're asking for money or asking for a place to live immediately, that should be a red flag enough. I'm Donna Anderson, and this is True Love Fraud Stories. Be sure to listen to part two of this story, in which another target reveals that the same Carlo John Giovanni Melosi scammed her years ago. I also invite you to become a premium subscriber to True Love Fraud Stories. As a subscriber, you'll be able to listen to the podcast ad-free. With each episode, you'll also receive special bonus content. This time, I interview a private investigator who explains why online background checks may not deliver the information that you need to protect yourself. You'll also get access to my weekly interactive podcast, Love Fraud Live, in which I answer your questions. Did he actually have firearms in the house? Yeah. And they weren't like normal handguns. They were like ones you use in combat. (laughs) But he told me he was ex-military and did executive protection. So... He needed to have those guns. In your background check, um, did any military service come up? Nothing came up. Like no employment, nothing, no evictions, no um, speeding tickets, like nothing. It was clean. Is that the first one or the second one? The first, both of them. Uh, back- yeah, both wow. of them. And that's what me and one of the other women said, because her dad did one on him, nothing. I did one, one of his other exes did one, and I was shocked because we tried to take the right measures and nothing came up. True Love Fraud Stories is produced by lovefraud.com. I'm the author of lovefraud.com and the investigator for this story. Engineering is by Terry Kelly. To learn how to recognize and recover from everyday sociopaths, visit lovefraud.com. And for more information about this story, other great stories, or if you'd like to share your story, visit podcasts.lovefraud.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.